five, four, three, two, one. Hi, I'm Liam Joshua Munn. And I'm Michaela DeJoseph. And this stays between us. Hey-ho, the merry yo that your baby boy would walk on water. Did you know? We're going to get copyrighted. I wouldn't keep going. CT. You know, CC. I'm just trying to get into um, the holiday mood. I know for a you hot know? minute that if I wanted to get into the holiday spirit early, I feel like you'd kill me. That's so not true. Do you even fucking know me? <laughs> I... <laughs> Do you I even love- fuck it? I am so hot right now. Like my um my sound waves are going bananas. I am so loud. I'm trying to maybe I'll back up a little. I'll back up a little. It's just this mic okay. can't handle me right now. The black eyed peas can't handle. No, who <laughs> who wrote that what? song? Can't listen today right now. Oh, can't can't. It's not the black eyed peas. The black eyed peas hasn't turned in a hit in a little while. Their record no, labels. Not since three thousand and eight. You so two thousand and late. Oh, that's that was, that was a deep dive. One. I um no, but I remember. <laughs> this is not. By the way, listeners, this is not a Black Eyed Peas episode, but we should. Um, <laughs> but they're still together. There's just technically a new female singer. Fergie just left the group. <gasps> the- yeah. Well, well, I mean, they announced they were breaking them. up like a long time ago. First off, Fergie is yeah. nothing without the Black Eyed Peas. Let's just be honest here. We're gonna be honest. No. That is not true. Fergalicious was probably her Big only. Big girls don't cry. Is her only good song. Big girls don't cry. It's, it's her only oh, good song. Oh, I know, but I'm saying, and Black Eyed Peas' only good song is "I'm So 2000." Is that no? Let's get it started in here. Okay, that's a bop. It is. So that's that was one. a cultural reset. I guess. Oh my god, she scoffs. I think Clay Aiken's "Mary Did You Know" <laughs> the cultural reset. No, the culture, the true cultural reset. What shut Broadway down was Clay Aiken and Ruben Stutter live on Broadway. <gasps> oh the god. fact we didn't go see that, Michaela, is it's still a, <laughs> it's still a really dark period for me. It's a mystery to me. And, and the worst part is, I just didn't want to spend the twenty dollars on a Broadway ticket. I know that sounds outrageous. I said I don't want to pay twenty dollars to see Clay Aiken and Ruben Stutter. I, I said it. Was he gonna sing? Uh, did he sing Mary? Did you know he might have? That, he might have. That is worth it. Uh, didn't that he? Wasn't like it. a long time, and he was like gay, but like didn't believe gay gay should get married. It was a whole. I don't know. It's it's real. I'm not really sure, uh. but great Christmas album. Great. And when they come back this Christmas <laughs> with masks on, we will be there. Live on Broadway, yes. three seats apart. We'll be there. Yes, absolutely. Obviously, yes. Speaking of Broadway. Sure. Did you see? The, Tony the Tonys Awards, are coming? The Tony Awards are going on Zoom. Live via Zoom. I, yeah. Live I, via Zoom. Is it going to be, I guess. I think it's going to be. Have they said how they're doing it? If, like, are they going to no. be in Radio City Music Hall? No. I honestly, I think it is going to be all, uh, all of the other benefits and things we've seen, which is like, you know, an organized video collage is my guessing. I don't think, I just imagined Adrian Warren in like a Zoom box, like waiting, <laughs> Adrian Warren, Tina, like it's <laughs> like, and she's like, they're all just like, oh the God. they just click the box over. And then when they, like somebody wins, you have to like quickly click out the box. <laughs> they have to turn off their camera and then it's just their name. Oh no. It's, 
okay, this is my, um, this is my two bits about it. Listen, any opportunity to celebrate theater, and again, Tony Awards, a pinnacle moment for a lot of us theater kids that saw the Tonys and decided that we wanted to do it. So I agree there should be some sort of celebration. I just feel like this is a pull for ratings and a pull for, you know what I mean, doing something versus just waiting it out and doing it next year. I know that, you know, that would make essentially twice the amount of shows in a season that could be eligible for the awards. But TBH, I don't think we're going to fully come back in time anyways. So I think, Mm. like, we would literally pick up where we left off. I think it'll be March. Like, that's truly what I think. So it's yeah, like, because the minute the Tracy Let's Play, the minutes, um, when they announced closing or whatever, they'll say, they just said, okay, we'll keep the set there. We'll just literally move it a year out. And literally they just did their opening and their, you know, the started previews and the opening date for next year, the same times. So, oh, as I right. hit my mic, I'm so excited. I love the minutes. Um, <laughs> but I think, I, and I honestly just think that's what we should do. I think like rushing it and celebrating the four or five shows that opened is a little ridiculous. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's so, musicals, there's only four <laughs> up that are eligible. Four. That's it. Just four. Yeah. And those four are Moulin Rouge. Great. The Lightning Thief. Sure. Sure. Tina, the Tina Turner musical. Mm-hmm. And Jagged Little Pill. Sure. And then there's how many plays? One, two... Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, wow, that's a lot of plays. 11, 12, oh, 13, 14. Oh, my God. Okay, the last four were um, play uh, revival plays. So there's no revival musicals that are eligible. So, like, Westside didn't open in time and Which I company. Felt. So there's no revival. They were in category. previews. Westside Story was in previews since December. Like, they've been still going. Oh, yeah. I'm like, geez. Yeah, I think I saw the preview in January. Jesus. Of West Side Story. Technically, they should have technically opened in February. If they had a, you know, a normal preview process. And they just, like, opened in a month and a half. Yes. Yeah, so why didn't they? That's so yeah, weird. Yeah, I think so, um, so. And they hadn't opened by shutdown, so that was, like, mid-March. That's crazy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's weird. And I'm it's like, really weird. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I just feel... Like, we should just hold off and just, like, I don't know, celebrate the season. Just pick it up next year. Like, just make everybody more comfortable, and we're going to want it. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to need. Yeah. Um, so then what are they going to do agree, for next year? But... So, wait, what are they going to do for next year? Just Well, I mean, sell, do... yeah, I don't know. Because, so the cutoff then was February 19th. They made the deadline for <laughs> this Tony Awards. Which is just silly. When is the usual deadline? Do you know? End of April, the last day of April. Wow. So that, yeah. I mean, and so that, and there's. We would have had a lot more. And shows. like Michaela just said, there was no revivals because revivals typically like to shoot for the February, March, April because, you know, they only have, you know, even if their ticket sales aren't great, they have a month, a month and a half till they'll be like the Tony nominated blank and blank. So it's a little frustrating to see, you know, I mean, but like, I yeah. again, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, if they actually, because they haven't fully announced if I think the committee is meeting this week or something to decide what they're going to do about the awards. And they, I, I think they released a list of like the eligible actors and stuff. And I just feel like, so they're going to be 2019, 
Tony winners and then two, you know what I mean? It's just a little confusing for right. me. So you're only going to, next Tony Awards, you're only going to celebrate three, two, two months worth of theater. So I don't know what they're doing, yeah, what their plan is. and But anyways, I'm... Right, because nothing, nothing, so all the shows that didn't get to go up, that were going to go up in March or something, April, mm-hmm. will now be for next year. And which is only going to be a couple more also. And there isn't going to be, at least that we know of, any brand new shows that are going to go up in March next year. I mean, it's literally you know I mean? going like, to be six. And that's it. Which, I mean, if we do a God, six celebration. Six didn't even get their shot. Six didn't get their shot. And I mean, and to BH, like, I could see six getting a lot of creative categories. And I could see Brittany Mack who played Anna of Cleves, mm-hmm. get a Tony nomination purely because she got she's the only one okay. of them who got a t- any award nominations prior. Um, which it makes sense because her part is significant and really funny. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. And uh, go Theater Works because Theater Works, I think, I think they produced oh. Lightning Thief. <laughs> and I don't think their plan was to be Tony nominated. I can tell you that much. No, can you imagine? So how long was their run? Their like, run it was, was only pretty... meant to be a short amount of time. Oh, I a mean, time. they literally saw an opening for three and a half months and, and asked the theater. And the theater was all like, well, no one else is going to take it. It's only three and a half months. So then they're like, it was shorter than that. I believe it was, if I on the top of my head, it was actually kind of a long run. I think it was at the long acre between October to January. I might be a little wrong okay. on those dates, but it was like the, it was the whole full time. holiday season. Um, it was really, you know, shot as like you know a, a family friendly kid show, and um, yeah. And I honestly it was think meant for families. Oh, and it was written like that. It wasn't written to be like the the Shakespeare next best musical. You know, it's it's a kid show, right, right, right. Um, and it has some <laughs> yeah. it has some really great music in it. I actually liked the music a lot. Um, and the performances yeah, were great. The, the cast was great. The band was great. Um, I just yeah. don't think they're gonna. Imagine they're gonna all get Tony nominees. <laughs> like, that oh, actually, in fairness though, the guy who played Percy, Chris, mm-hmm. he deserves it. That's a big old sing. That's a big old sing. Oh, it is. It's just we didn't even think of the lightning theme no. when we did our Tony episode. No, like didn't even <laughs> cross, cross our and we saw it. Like we saw it too, and that's we like did. one of the shows we actually saw, Correct. and we didn't even pick it. Well, I mean, like I said, I I think it's important to understand intention. There's a reason they came in the fall and they didn't come in the spring. There's a reason, right. you know, Theater Works isn't. I don't really think Theater Works has ever gotten a Tony nomination. You know, it, the whole no, point of I Theater Works is like, like, yeah, it's like kids shows. You know, I think that. it was supposed yeah. to be a celebration, like a family friendly musical everyone could go see. And I and I love that idea. You know what I mean? It does. It did great, great yeah. things when it was on Broadway. And I know I know plenty of friends who actually enjoyed it. Who you know like some of the stuff. And I and I bet in like five or ten years, you know, tenors are gonna randomly pick out a song from Lightning Thief. You know what I mean? And it's gonna be mm-hmm. really refreshing because nobody. I, I even now I don't really know anybody who has Percy Jackson stuff in their book. So I mean, it could be right. a great little secret weapon later down the road. Like I said, I liked the music. Um, we were a little drunk when we saw it. So I just understand that that's <laughs> just, just, just understatement. We were a little drug and we were, a we, were drunk. we were, okay, close your eyes, listeners. We were stressed. <laughs> we were college students. We were working part-time hours and we were at a night at the theater and I think school got us the tickets and we, yeah, school got us the tickets and we had went with our friend Sam and we were a little rowdy. <laughs> Okay, we were there. We were super <laughs> present for the actors. 
and well, responsive. We were the only ones there. <laughs> Correct. The audience the was not. Audience full. was empty. Yes, and it was empty. And so we had to make up for that. We had to compensate. Yes. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to be there for these actors. And so, yeah. but we were a little drunk. So it was a little, you know, whenever there was um, a one point, uh, and the actor who played Percy, his name is Chris, I'm forgetting his last name, decided, you know, there's a music interlude um, of about a page for my music theory friends. And um, he decided to then, <laughs> he decided, probably the, you know, it was blocking. He decided to scale blocking, yep. the set, the unit set. Um, mm-hmm. And boy, did he. And he scaled it, and but we kind of had a mental aneurysm and didn't know where he went for two seconds. So it was like we were looking at the yes. stage, and then all of a sudden he was climbing something, and so we kind of lost it. We lost it. We didn't know where he was. He's also, I, mind you, yeah. singing for Jesus. This, it, it is the singing pinnacle of the song. He sounds and it amazing. Was a decently serious song. Oh, absolutely. I think, we laughed at the correctly. wrong point. I can tell you that much. We were so those buttholes. It wasn't even laughing, but he. <laughs> So we're drunk, right? And we ordered this weird blue liquid from, from the, the bar. From the bar. It was not good. Oh, it was, it was so bad. And I'm sorry, but don't ever trust a bartender who goes, I, I say, because I have a sensitive stomach. And I said, <laughs> um, I can't have any carbonation, you know, bubbly stuff. It doesn't make me feel very well. Do you have any other substitutes? Thinking he had, I don't know, some kind of juice, something or other, or some blender. I don't know. Right. And he said, you know what? Water. Water is the ultimate mixer. And I went, you know what, sir? I'm drunk right now and need to stay that way. So sure. Yeah. I paid $22 for Michaela and I yes. to have a drink. And I think with the tip, yeah. it was like 25 And then I was yeah. literally like, this is water. And I think Michaela ended up finishing it. So Michaela was like a little further along so than I was. I was. You were, I you was were the lightning the and the thief. Way. You were ready to go. <laughs> and in that moment, we... Our good friend Sam Miller, who I have a separate podcast with entirely, wasn't our friend for a good 20 minutes. Because, okay, here's what happened. (laughs) So when the actor was singing this song, Singing for Jesus. Sounded great. The set sounded great. Mm -hmm. No, Nobody's not saying that. No, the the cast was great. Great. So the set was like... um, A unit set. It was almost like scaffolding. No, but what are... Scaffolding, that's the word. That's the word. So he was climbing the scaffolding and he like swings around and sits on it. And I, being drunk, sure. saw that happen and I made this sound. I went, oh, <laughs> out loud for everyone to hear because there was, was nobody loud. in the theater. It wasn't that quiet. It was, you were, you I made a sound. I will own up to the fact it was loud. Oh. I will own up to that. I know, but I did not plan to make that noise. It was a visceral reaction to what I was seeing on stage. You were present. And I'm not going to apologize for that. But then the worst part is, is I made that noise and I saw that people heard me and I could not (laughs) stop laughing for the next 20 minutes. I wish I was, Liam and I I was never were, so embarrassed in my life, but I could not <laughs> stop laughing. Oh, I feel so we, bad. I feel bad. I do oh, feel bad. I felt bad. terrible. I the, felt terrible. There was nothing about the performance. It was that. our inhibited <laughs> Right. Spirits. So we don't want the performers to think like we're laughing at them. No, but that's, that's definitely how was. it came across. Let's be honest. Yes. And mm-hmm, I felt bad. Mm-hmm. But if I could have stopped myself laughing, I would have. But I couldn't. 
I couldn't do it. I was literally, I put my shirt over my eyes and <laughs> I did. was crying. <laughs> and there's the worst part is there's these random people from our school who just think we're laughing. So I'm just like, yes. I don't really care what they think. I just feel bad. Like, I don't know. I, I know for a fact that the performers didn't hear us. But and again, it really right. wasn't the performances. It was just like the fact that he scaled a set. We were laughing at us, like me. They, we were laughing oh, at me. Because the, the worst part is you were I like made. trying to get Sam involved, like in on the joke, and he was not. Oh, he was like he literally was like Michaela, so stop. Mad at me. He was he was, was, so he, was he was mad at me, mad but at he me. was specifically mad at Michaela purely because she was trying to involve him in the in the joke. Was I really? I don't. You were like, ha ha, right, Sam? <laughs> and Sam's like, stop. And you're like, what? <laughs> You're doing like that, Michaela. Like, what? Thing? I was laughing. He was like, "People are looking at you," and I was like, "I don't know what you want me to I mean, do." It, like, tough. I'm not one to do that in a show, but I could not. Not our proudest moment. Myself. Not our proudest moment. I know. I need. No, but boy, is it a funny story. <laughs> oh, I need a second to recoup. Let's take a commercial break. <laughs> This week's organization is The Last Prisoner Project. As the United States moves away from the criminalization of cannabis, giving rise to a major new industry, there remains the fundamental injustice inflicted upon those who have suffered criminal convictions and the consequences of those convictions. The Last Prisoner Project will utilize a three-pronged approach to securing full freedom for the communities they serve through intervention, advocacy, and awareness campaigns. The Last Prisoner Project works to redress the past and continuing harms of these unjust laws and policies. The link to their website is in our description, so please go check them out and donate what you can. Now enjoy the rest of the episode. Ooh, she's cute but a psycho, a little bit geico. Big geico. That is not the lyrics. And you said that? What does that even mean, yeah. a little bit geico? You've, you've, got your, you've got your health insurance, right? <laughs> like, it's a health insurance commercial. Sure. Also, everybody check out my commercial reel on my website. I need attention to make sure I'm... Do you hear that? Yeah, what, what is that? Dude, little do I know. My roommates my roommates aren't listening to this podcast, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to think they support me, but they don't. Um, so, yeah, no, I don't really know what those lyrics mean. Oh, my God. They're unpacking something right now. Okay. This is how dark my world is. Um, <laughs> the sound of, sound of despair. Um, no, I mean, I'm quite famous for not knowing lyrics. Um, it's yeah, so funny because when I learn things, spell. yeah, I think it's just because I don't care enough. Like, yeah, because I know someone's going to fix or it. Dyslexia. <laughs> I know because I feel like if I had dyslexia, I would have known. No, because dyslexia is like reading something and the letters get switched around. I don't have that. I just don't oh. have the capacity to like spell something. That's okay. Some people are just I naturally mean, not good at spelling. I also just, again, don't care. I mean, we live in the age where it's like you have someone or something to fix it, which I know is terrible, but right. it's like at the end of the day, your phone is going to fix your spelling mistake. Yeah, for the most part. So, I mean, yeah, and especially in like work docs. Oh, yeah, I don't care. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's we'll like be, left like, and right. The episode, and I'm like, I don't even care that it's spelled wrong because it's like just for us. But I'm like, sure. that is not how you spell. <laughs> And then I feel and it's compelled funny to change it. I, 
again, I have two podcast groups, and both of them do the same thing. They're like, you're a fucking mess. And I'm always <laughs> like, do you want to play in this? Do you, you want to play in this episode? And they're like, no. <laughs> like, exactly. Um, Michaela, listen. The listen. Lightning Thief story was pretty wild. <laughs> um, and I want to know, have you ever walked out of a show? Because we didn't walk out of Lightning Thief. And to be honest, I was having a good time. Yeah, but no. I did not. What? How about his, when was the last show? Have you ever walked out of like a Broadway show? A Broadway show? Wait, did I? No, no, I have not. Mm-hmm. I have not mm. walked out of a Broadway show. Were you close? Um, no, I don't think I ever like a show ever. Then again, you're the person out. who loved Escape, of Mar- Escape to Margaritaville. It was a fun time. You, and it put a smile on it was my fun. face. And the margaritas were pretty good. I didn't get them because they would have. Oh, I did. And I was like, oh, this is fun. It was a matinee. Don't judge me. Oh, I went but to a matinee, true. too. I... Oh, my God. That was so funny. I went to a matinee and was the youngest person there. It was so funny. Everybody. It I mean, was... listen. Lisa Howard, though. Oh, my queen. I love Lisa Howard. Love She's her. literally the queen of placement. She's so good. And everyone, like, it was so fun. I just don't have a connection to Jimmy Buffett music. But also, Alexander Nonin, whatever his name is, the lead. Okay, yeah. I don't impeccable. know his name either. Wait, okay, so when I went to go see it, I did Jimmy Buffett come out at the end of your show? Because he did at mine. And (gasps) so... (laughs) Did they go crazy? (laughs) So he walks out, and I'm watching the show with my at-the-time boyfriend, and we're looking at this old man on stage, and we go, okay, I'm putting context clues together, and I go, I think that's Jimmy Buffett, right? Like... I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say it's Jimmy Buffett. did not know if it was Jimmy Buffett or not. And we were in the front row. Like, front, front row. And so the cast... Did you pay for that? Well, no. I did a student rush. Like, um, the just rush. Oh, wow. Before the show. Oh, wow. But they put you in the front row? Well, yeah. Because it's the worst seats. (laughs) Because you're breaking your neck. Oh, Um, because it's so... Oh, the marquee is pretty... The marquee is the ugliest Broadway theater. And that's on the record. So, so ugly. So Jimmy Buffett's on stage. I'm putting the clues together. I'm going to be like, okay, that's Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> but he up. had no idea who that was. And since we were in the front, front row, the cast can see us. And I oh, think, no. that, I swear to God, I saw one of the girls point to us, turn to a cast member, and, like, say they don't know who he is. Like, yeah. pointing at us. And because he was, and you were like, I was like, correct. But... We, I wasn't mad. I was. It was so funny. All the old people somehow stood up, and so you have to stand up at this so point. So I was like, I guess it's Jimmy Buffett, and we're going crazy at four p.m. But it was so funny that we were like. I love how he purposefully goes to a matinee. He's like, I can't stay awake for the evening. I, I know. Have to. I guess I don't know if that he did that regularly or not. If he went to the shows, but. No, I think there was, but it's weird because they didn't post about it. I would agree that it was publicity stunts if he like regular, if they were like, I hear something's happening at this matinee. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and, like, I think that he would get people regularly to come. did it. Like, I think he would oh go out because I mean, why not? Oh, I mean, absolutely. If you're there for the show anyways, did you see it pretty close to opening? No, it was, I think oh. it opened in February and I saw it in June. Oh, okay. Like I said, it was a good time. Allison Luff, it was a good cast. A really good cast. Yeah. Rima Webb. Oh my god, Rima Webb. If they, there's been recent, like, murmurings that, like, then again, Alan Menken talks a lot. 
But Alan Menken like released a whole thing, and he was like, "We're trying to get Hercules to Broadway." Right. And I was mm-hmm. like, when a couple of months ago, when the production was happening at the public, he was on a whole tangent. He was like, "No, the plan isn't Broadway. That's not the be end end all. We're trying to get it to be like where you know companies can license it, and that's what they do with all of those shows." Mm-hmm. So I was expecting that's what's going to happen. But it was just like interesting because Rima Webb played. Um, one of the muses off uh, at the public, and I love Rima Webb with my entire being, mm-hmm. um, including Alexander Nonan, who should you know what he should do? He should do Bridges of Madison County. Sure, I would pay good money. And then Allison Luff, who's the girl lead in that, she's great. Yeah, she was really great good. cast, great, great, great cast, and we've got a good time. But I think it's safe to say that Escape to Margaritaville was a bit of a flop. Yes, it was only open for five months. Correct, correct, correct. And I think there is nothing wrong with a flop. Broadway's really hard. Broadway's really difficult. (laughs) And from a producing, performing, creating aspect, it's like this big financial juggernaut. And a lot of people, I think, define a flop financially, right? Right, right, right. Because it's it's hard to judge something creatively because it's like, well, that's your opinion. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One person's, you know, terrible experience, terrible show is another person's like jam, right? And like, mm-hmm. I don't really think, especially as like actors and especially as like theater goers, like we don't have a right to judge other people what they think is really, really good, right? Like I can make fun of you for like Escape to Margaritaville, right. but it's like anyone has the right to do that, right? Theater like, it's, you know, because it's... People. Yes, very, very, very. But I mean, I think it is fair to say that a flop, quote unquote, would be a show that maybe didn't make its money back, which is actually most of the shows on Broadway. You know, Jekyll and Hyde ran for four and a half years on Broadway and never made its money back. Wow. So it's like, yeah, so there are great examples of shows that are actually, you know, last long and are successful, but are technically financial flops. Mm -hmm. So for me, I count these things as like short lifespan on top of like not really making a lot of money back. So I created a top five musical list of my favorite flops, okay? Oh, I know, I know. Okay, so, Michaela, and you're going to interact. You're going to tell me if you know anything. Okay. (laughs) Number one, The Doll's Life. It is, it lasted for five performances. And what do you think the show's about, Michaela? I'm going to, okay, I'm not going to go with the obvious choice and say it's about a doll. I'm going to say we're okay. going to go on the route of, like, a doll's house where it's about this woman who, like, probably isn't really treated right and, like, gets thrown around like she's nothing. She's it's actually exactly what that is. It is um, a doll's house musical. They made a musical oh, adaptation. Oh, shit. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And there's actually some, it's, like, very operatory and very, like, lyric opera. Um, and there was actually, it ended up getting um, three Tony nominations, even only lasting five performances. So this was before the, like, the Tony rule where, like, voters had to go see it or whatever. Um, <laughs> I was like, that doesn't make sense, being a Tony voter, not seeing a performance and voting for them. But sure. I'm happy that that new rule is in place. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's really interesting. And I look up some of the music because it slaps. Our friend Caitlin sings a song from that show beautifully. It's a, it's a bop. It's a bop of a show. My second choice is an obvious choice. Obvious. Mm. And it's Carrie. Oh, um, Carrie. The pinnacle at the time before Spider-Man. That was the <laughs> most one of the most expensive musicals to have flopped with an $8 million investment. Wow. 
Um, but for 1988, that was pretty, pretty, pretty banging. It premiered at the Virginia Theater. Right now, it's uh, the August Wilson, where Mean Girls is. Mm. And um, the show was kind of just like famous for it took. So they're out of town was technically the uh, RSC, Royal Shakespeare Company. There it is. And it, it was the slot right after Les Mis. Huh? <laughs> So they were like, do you want to do your out of town after Les Mis? And they said, sure. <laughs> but directors like Bob Fosse, Michael Bennett, they all were in meetings to direct Carrie. Wow. Because um, after one singular workshop, a whole bunch of producers got involved and was like, this show's really, really good. Like, it's really good. It was written for um, Betty Buckley, who played the mom. Mm-hmm. And um, they were like, who wants to direct it? Who wants to direct it? And everyone was kind of like, no, no. And uh, Bob Fosse was quoted and was basically like, no, I love this show. I see, I see a life for this show, but I don't really understand how dancers could sing this music because at the time it was pretty vocally challenging. Right. And they were like, well, it's not a dance show. And then yeah. there was like an awkward silence. I, <laughs> so that's uh, what I a direct- was confused about when you said Bob Fosse. I said, who? Yeah. Decided who? that. Um, and then uh, they ended up going with the director from the RSC, but he had only done musicals that had gigantically flopped. Mm-hmm. He had done no successful musicals, but they had seen the opportunity to take the RSC spot, and they did it. Um, and they opened at RSC with Barbara Cook, actually, as Margaret, because Betty Buckley had a no-fly clause in her contract. And at the time, Margaret was supposed to fly. So Betty getting off of the uh, Cats production, she said, (laughs) I did not want to fly. Like, I got injured flying. I don't want to fly. And so they couldn't work it out in time. So Barbara Cook ended up taking her spot, which, like, Barbara Cook is, like, the, like, soprano of sopranos and not, like, a belt mixy queen. So it's so interesting. And fun fact, when she got signed on, she went to the composer's house who actually wrote Fame. Michaela, wow. you love fame. I hate Which fame. if you hear the original <laughs> Carrie, it sounds like fame. Um, <gasps> and she she was basically like, no, like the OG, like Oh, What a Night oh. and Out for Blood. It's crazy, Michaela. It's my favorite thing to listen to. And Barbara Cook sang uh, And Eve Was Weak and she like belted it. And he was like, that was amazing. That was amazing. And she looked him straight in the eye and said, I am never doing that ever again. Like I'm never singing it that way. I can't do it. it probably and so they her. ended up doing it. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, you listen to Barbara Cook and she's secretly a mixed belter and she's just lying to yeah, us all. Yeah, she's like, um, it doesn't sound like she's struggling when she does it by any means, but maybe she no, just absolutely. wasn't in her to do yeah. it all the time. So ended up, so Barbara Cook did it at RSC and they pretty much found a German producer, like producers were dropping out left and right and the show wasn't getting bad reviews, but they weren't getting good reviews. Mm-hmm. And so they ended up taking half their British and half their American cast and going to, um, and going to the Virginia Theater on Broadway, and they had a three or four month box office draw. Like they have tickets up the wazoo, mm-hmm. but it premiered on Broadway, and people were like laughing. Like people were laughing, people were booing. Oh my gosh. And it's it took. And, but Betty Buckley and Lizzie, uh, Lizzie Haley, Lindsay Haley, there it is, ended up. Um, Ended up when they, you know, because they took the first bows because Carrie's like dead in her, you know, they're all dead. So they get up and they take their first bow, a standing ovation that lasted like two or three minutes. Because like you watch the original bootleg of like an Eve was weak and Betty Buckley is incredible. Like she's so, so good. So I'll stop talking about Carrie, but (laughs) guys look up Carrie because it's It's a slapper. It's really great. And it's different from the 2011 ver- version. Right. That sounds like Spring Awakening. The original version oh, is like yep. operatic and like crazy mixed belting. Like it's nuts. Um, my third show. Is 
Yeah, no one to come to cover. Which that's actually a slapper. That shit. Yeah. That's not considered. Um, my three third is sideshow. Ah, I side love sideshow. Classic. Sideshow, an absolute I classic. Emily Skinner, ah. Alice Ripley, absolutely amazing. Screaming, borderline yelling, <laughs> but boy, do I love it. Um, and the original production, of course, didn't last that long, but I mean, it's turned into like this cult favorite. They tried to bring it back in 2011 or 2012. Again, pretty short lived. Yeah. Um, but uh, they quote unquote fixed a lot of the problems. And I actually agree. I never got to see it, but you know, still yeah, really, really cool. It. And then four is chess. Um, chess. chess is one of the weird, how you write mama Mia and then <laughs> write chess. I don't know, but don't they, we've got some slappers. We've got, um, nobody's side. We've got, you no know, some classic, classic. T- oh, I love that song. No matter who sings it. Um, but fun fact, the first performance of chess when it premiered, was four hours long. Who four decided hours. that? Because the intermission was 90 minutes because of technical difficulty. Oh, so it was okay. four hours long. So that's just amazing. And so and it had this giant impact in the UK and then came to America and it like flopped, which is so interesting. Like the difference between, you know, that big mega musical, we've got like Les Mis and Phantom and Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden chess comes up and it's like full, nearly fully sung. And it's just like just didn't 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 go their way and my final one is anyone can uh, anyone can whistle uh, uh one of the craziest weirdest shows of all time but strange. we got our angela lansbury broadway debut and my favorite is when she talks about how she sounds on that cast recording i think she sounds amazing on that cast recording mm-hmm. um but she goes on and she whenever she listens to it she goes oh i just sound so bad like she oh, hates really? it she's like i sound so brassy and so awful and so like that it just goes to show me. that like <laughs> oh absolutely and she was like and then she like did beauty and the beast like um right, icon but i can talk about this for years but i'll stop talking but boy oh boy well, i love a broadway said, flop because there's some when you said um which one had the technical difficulties uh they kind of all did but um chess chess you left a show because of technical difficulties on broadway I did. Oh, thanks for outing me. I did. I was at you King did. Kong at a preview, and pretty much King Kong had a pretty good technical process with how big that show was. Yeah. It did pretty well for itself. Um, but yeah, it was about 25, 30 minutes, and I had something to do the next morning. And I right. just. Right, we were in school. I wouldn't get home until 11 30, 12 a.m., and I just was like, I can't do it. So I left. I saw the monkey. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. My teacher was mad at me, though. She was like, you bought a ticket and you're leaving? Like, she was like, you pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but please interact with us on social media because I could literally, probably all of you signed off from me just yapping. But I <laughs> love Carrie. Like, I love it. I will play Margaret White tomorrow. I love that show. And I love the 88 version. Go look up Wendy was weak. Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, but Michaela, what a great episode. What a great episode it was, Liam. It's true. If it's... Carrie discussing those big old Broadway flops that I love, or if it's talking about Lightning Thief on Broadway, this all stays between us. 